Hello and welcome to the second ever Scrum podcast coming at you from the WGBH studios in Brighton. It's Tuesday, June 17th, 2014. I'm WGBH reporter Adam Riley. Each week on the Scrum, we talk about politics and media from Boston to the Beltway. This week, we're offering what I hope will be the definitive post-game analysis of the recent Massachusetts Democratic Party convention in Worcester. I'm joined by Mara Dolan, Democratic political analyst and host of the Mara Dolan Show on 980 AM WCAP. should mention, Mara, you were at the convention. I was. All right, thanks for being here. Also at the convention and also joining me in Studio 3 is David Bernstein, a WGBH political analyst. I think you're the WGBH political analyst, right? Well, I wouldn't go that uh, far. And a, contributing a. Editor, and a contributing editor for Boston Magazine. David, thanks for being here. Yep. And uh, another Scrum regular, Peter Kadzis, senior editor of WGBHnews.org. Peter, hello. Hello. And I was not at the convention. That's two of us. So let's start by talking about the AG's race, which I know, Peter, even though you weren't in person at the convention, you are following the proceedings closely on social media, and you are uh, fascinated, I don't think is too strong a word, with the outcome in the AG's balloting. Why is that? Well, you have a political, a consummate political insider, a, a prince of labor, Warren Tolman, um, who uh, was a very strong presence, but he only narrowly won over a political neophyte, you know, Mara Healy, who is, you know, in effect, a high-class civil servant um, and is proving to be a surprise, at least to me, a surprisingly effective candidate for attorney general. Tolman, we should mention, is a former gubernatorial candidate, yeah. right? Uh, and, you know, former long state senator. State yes. senator. No, I mean, his brother's head of the AFL-CIO. I mean, he is an insider's insider and a very articulate, very creative, very smart person. This race, to me, is electrifying. You know, the governor's race is, to date, pretty ho-hum. But this race for AG, it, it dawned on me after the convention, is really for people who are political junkies, as as we are, or as I am, this is going to be the thing to watch. I mean, um, I, I watched on YouTube both their speeches, and, and I got the impression that the delegates actually listened and were really honestly excited. Peter, let me ask you before we go to David and Mara, who were at the convention again, unlike you and me, why do you think, given Tolman's sort of structural advantages and his longtime presence on the political scene, why was the outcome as close as it was? What's your read? I think she's run a very good grassroots campaign. She's gotten out there. I mean, um, she's a smart, capable, political creature. All right. Uh, David and Mara, does Peter's uh, take from afar sound right? It you? sounds about right. I think Maura Healy has uh, one thing in her favor she has nothing to do with, and that is it's a two-person race. If there had been a third candidate, she wouldn't have done as well as she did. And I think Warren Tolman, given his experience and his institutional support, would have done as well as he did in a three-person rate. That's that's debatable. But that's what I think is probably the case. But the second factor, and this is huge, is casinos. She's opposed to casinos, and Warren Tolman is not. Yeah, and Warren Tolman actually is... You know, has some ties to the casino to, to gambling business, and you know this is remind us what those ties are. Uh, I was afraid you were going to say that. He, he, well, uh, I said he, that because I couldn't remember exactly. I, I what think he was he, he's on a, a board of uh, uh, um, uh, an online gaming 
uh, company. We're gonna we're gonna check this and we're yeah. gonna get it out there on, he on the Twitter. He never profited. He, okay. he didn't make a dime and right, he right. stepped down. It, but this is gonna right, be right. but this is gonna be a problem for uh, for Tolman as it is with uh, we, you know with anyone who goes sort of into that business and money making world or you know in his case he was a, a you know corporate lawyer essentially for a big big law firm. For a number of years, and then you try to get back into the political field. A lot of the things that you did that seemed normal in in the the world you were just in look odd or are difficult to explain, or just get you in a defensive mode. Uh, you know, and so he's got that. And frankly, I think that uh, that Warren Tolman and his uh, his team underestimated uh, the leftover appeal that he has from from his service ten years plus ago, uh, and also uh, maybe. You know, underestimated uh, more Healy's appeal, and and frankly, there's a sort of generational split there. By the way, I should mention, uh, just um, heard from our producer Abby Ruzica that Tolman owned a major stake in the online gaming site Fast Strike Games. That's the. Info I was close. That, yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> I was in the ballpark. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you though, I would not underestimate um, just the power of a fresh face. I, I think. People in general are tired of business as usual. Speaking of fresh faces and their appeal and the fatigue that non-fresh faces can induce, let's talk about the governor's race, <laughs> which has a couple not-so-fresh faces in uh, uh, Martha Coakley and Steve Grossman. And one, can we call Don Berwick a fresh face? Does he fit as a fresh face? <laughs> um, everyone here, it sounds like, saw some enthusiasm about the AG's race or the candidates for AG. Uh, Mara and David, did you see similar enthusiasm for any of the candidates for governor at the convention? No. I actually did. Um, I was there until the bitter end when Steve Grossman was endorsed by acclamation, and there was truly an explosion of orange all over the convention hall. Uh, I, I do think there's a lot of enthusiasm. The fact that he'd won was huge. That was what they wanted him to do. Uh, Didn't they want him to, to win outright, you know, get 50% on the first ballot? Yeah, he got the, the endorsement. Hope? That's good enough. They're, they're happy with that. Um, I think there is a lot of enthusiasm for Don Berwick. He is the progressive in the race. He's, all, he's the only candidate who opposes casinos. Casinos are huge, absolutely huge. So mm-hmm. let me just jump in for one second, um, not to monopolize this, but is he the one progressive in the race because of his opposition to casinos? How do we define progressive nowadays? Because I know Martha Coakley, I think, wants to be defined as a progressive, so does Steve Grossman, so did Juliet Kayyem, who didn't quite make it under the belt. So what does it mean that he's the only progressive in the race or the progressive in the I race? I just interviewed uh, State Senator Jamie Eldridge about this yesterday. He's a leading progressive in Massachusetts, and I asked him to define progressive. And he said it's, it's basically liberal, but it's the idea that uh, no one is left behind, that we have we have a government that works for absolutely everyone. Don Berwick touched on that when he talked about justice for all and said, so we'll ask Charlie Baker what part of all he doesn't understand. Yeah, but Steve Grossman wants to be the progressive job creator who sends Charlie Baker back to Swampscott, as he says. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think um, Jamie's definition is a very good one. But I have to say these days when I hear the word progressive, my teeth just grind. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm going to describe myself as I'm a Democrat. For, I'm a Frank Sargent Democrat. <laughs> it, it, for the younger listeners out there, try to figure that one out. But um, <laughs> look, look, Don Berwick is very liberal. Uh, and he Would is, you say he's uber liberal? I, I might. Um, and which is not, you know, that's not a bad thing. Um, but and he's figured out a number of sort of touchstone sort of things where he can 
go a little bit further than the other candidates. Casinos obviously was one of them. Uh, his devotion to single payer health care uh, is another one. Uh, and 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 his sort of rhetoric. He talks a great deal about uh, income inequality and race. And, and and you know, his rhetoric is very, very liberal, and that appeals to liberals. Uh, I thought I think Steve Grossman uh, is very. I th- thought he gave a very liberal speech uh, at the convention. Very liberal speech. Um, and Martha Coakley is quite liberal, um, although there are clear places where either she has in the past been uh, not quite as far, or where she's sort of hedging her bets, and and which is. You know, from a political standpoint, not unusual for someone who's already got an eye towards the general election. So none of you, as far as I can tell, if I'm remembering right, saw any enthusiasm on display for Martha Coakley, who is, according to the polls, the runaway favorite to win the Democratic nomination. Before we talk about why she has this enthusiasm gap, uh, let's take a listen to the way at the convention she addressed her infamous loss to Scott Brown back in 2010. The 2010 Senate election was very painful for a lot of people in this room. I understand how much of your heart and soul was in that race. Mine too. I know how hard so many of you worked in that race, and I thank you for that. Listen, when I saw this on YouTube, I winced. I don't see why Martha Coakley goes around apologizing for her loss. I, 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 I think it was a big mistake. I think it's a mistake to do it going forward. It's the politics of therapy taken to a ridiculous degree. Yeah, I, I, what I heard was that it wasn't gubernatorial. I don't know, I, I don't know why she did that. I Who did you hear that from? Uh, one of the delegates there. <laughs> Just one quick thing. All the civilians I talk to, people who are not politically activists but who vote all the time, like Martha Coakley way more than any other Democrat. Yeah, and and, uh, I actually uh, had some positive feedback from some delegates about that apology. Um, It clearly is something that was directed for in the room and not outside the room, uh, you know, to the extent that you can can do that. Um, Look, outside that room, Democrats actively like her and and – you know, do not have a problem left over from the 2010 uh, election, as far as we can tell. Uh, although that may change as they watch her, you know, over the course of this year. Inside that room, you have to remember that, first of all, in 2009, in the primary race, uh, most of them probably were not with her. You know, a large number, certainly the elected officials as well as the activists were with Capuano, um, Michael Capuano, the congressman who's running against her. Um, and then uh, an awful lot of them then, you know, moved over and tried to work very hard for her uh, election after that and felt shut out from her operation, you know, and, and you know, so, so there's a lot of, so sort is of that, personal bitterness. That's a big reason for the uh, pseudo-apology then, this lingering oh, resentment ab- they might have had? Okay. Oh, absolutely. Well, that, and don't forget, if she had won, President Obama would have had a 60-vote filibuster-proof ma- majority in the Senate. The entire country would have been different. Hmm. Yeah. That's kind of a big deal. So let's say, well, David, uh, I was going to say let's posit that Martha Coakley ends up as the nominee, but that's probably jumping the gun. Whoever the Democratic nominee is, David, you, I know, see some problems for the party going forward on the enthusiasm front. What are the problems that you see? Yeah, it's, it, you know, there's sort of a, a two-level thing. It, you know, the, the Democrats need, uh, in November, they need their base to actually show up and vote. And that includes a lot of folks who don't typically show up to vote 
you know, in, in non-presidential election years, uh, you know, younger voters, uh, black and Hispanic voters, uh, and so forth. And they've been very lucky and, and also worked very hard, um, but they've been lucky. You go back at, at 10 years now, 2004, John Kerry was at the top of the ticket. Yeah. Huge Democratic turnout for him, you know, because he was running for president. 2006, Deval Patrick at the top of the ticket. Big Huge, political but, talent. You know, 2008, Barack Obama at the top. 2010, it was, uh, it was Deval again. 2012, uh, Obama again with Elizabeth Warren. Not only did, that, did they have a uh, motivating appeal to the voters, but motivating appeal to the activists and, and to make people into activists, get, you know, get off their couch and do the phone calls and door knocking and so forth. And I, you know, I look at, at what's going on here and I'm not sure that, that this is a motivating top of the ticket. Peter and Mara was trying to tell if you agreed. Mara, you seem to be nodding. Peter, you were wrinkling oh, your nose. No, I no, think. I, 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 I agree very much. I mean, I think um, the Republicans, the anti-Deval Patrick forces, are going to feel motivated to get out and vote. And, and, and by the way, just for, and I, I, I don't want to monopolize, but, but another thing about that is that they usually the – Democrats like to have somebody to be against – and there's been very little demonizing of Charlie Baker up to this point. The convention was almost devoid of it. And, you know, Baker has been sort of let off the hook for a long time. That will change. All right, Mara, last word on the convention and the last word uh, for the Scrum podcast goes to you. Oh, my goodness. Um, it's It's been great to be here. I think that uh, the Democrats are going to get a vote. I'm not worried uh, that they won't do that. I think Charlie Baker, I, I don't think he's... I don't think he's going to do it. <laughs> All right. There you have it. That is going to do it for this, our second edition of the Scrum Podcast. Peter Kadzis is the senior editor of WGBHnews.org. David Bernstein is a contributing, uh, the political analyst for WGBH News and a contributing editor for Boston Magazine. Mara Dolan is a Democratic political analyst and the host of The Mara Dolan Show. I'm WGBH reporter Adam Riley. We're going to be doing more Scrum Podcasts in the coming weeks, so please follow us on SoundCloud and subscribe to the Scrum Podcast in iTunes. You can also check out our blog at blogs.wgbh.org slash scrum. Our engineer is Alan Mattis, and our producer is Abby Ruzica. The Scrum is a production of WGBH. WGBH.